to see something greater than the circumstance. I want you to hold steady because I'm coming towards you. Come on, I don't know that we know how to make that paradigm shift. That there are times I come to God, there are times God comes to me. And when he comes to me, I might go through something, but he's going to come. When he comes to me, I might have to believe the word of God. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with eagles. I might have to wait upon the Lord, but he's coming towards me. And he looks at Peter. Listen, he looks at Peter when he picks him up and puts him in the boat. And he said, why did you doubt, oh, you of little faith? He was not talking about walking on water. He was talking about, did you think I would let that thing destroy you? Did you think for one minute I wasn't still the God of commitment in the midst of your storm? What made you have such little faith that you thought I would put you in something that literally would tear you apart and you would never get where I wanted you to go and you would never fulfill what I wanted? Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt who I was in the storm? Do you think I'd let you sink? Did you think I planted this church and that I'd let the enemy just come in and bring a storm and tear it up and say, oh, well, sometimes it works and sometimes... Did you think that I would summon a people together? Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? I don't care how hard it is. I've already spoke the word and the promise. You're going to the other side. Why didn't you believe me? Why did you want to step out of that? Why did you want to come towards me when I was coming towards you? Not, oh, you of no faith, but you of little bitty faith. Why? Because our faith is stronger when the miracles are there Mm -hmm. than when the storm comes. The Bible says in verse 32, when he got in the boat, The wind stopped. They fell on their knees and they worshipped him. And the revelation came in the storm. You're certainly the son of God. Why? Because only Jesus saves us in the midst of the rough ride. He came to ride a storm. He came to walk on the storm. He came to conquer a storm. He came to make us understand that we can trust him and know that he cares. And we as leaders, listen church, have to prepare ourselves to keep people in the boat, in the local church, and make them believe we're going to the other side. Take courage. Take courage. Don't be afraid. It is I. That's a challenge to us as leaders this morning. That's a challenge to every one of us, no matter how successful we are in our ministry. 
or how unsuccessful it's a challenge. Take courage. Take courage, it's I. Be not afraid. Why were you fearful? And yet fear is a great emotion in my life and your life and people's lives when they're in a storm. What he's saying is, did you doubt my commitment? Because you know what? It's the storm that identifies your commitment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's right. Not the miracles. The storm identifies your commitment to God. Mm -hmm. It's the storm that identifies his commitment to you. It's the storm when it begins to rock this nation that is going to identify the true church. Did you doubt? Now my question to us as we close this morning is this thing that we just talked about from the miracle, the miraculous side of God to the storm rider side of God was spoken to leaders. It wasn't spoken to believers. It was spoken to leaders. And this morning, God wants to come to us in an incredible way to make us understand we need as leaders to be able to execute both of those. The miraculous along with maturing people that when storms come, ride it out because he's walking towards you. And you can take courage because he's working towards you. God wants to minister to us this morning as leaders that we're going to have to steady some people to stay in the boat. And if we don't know how to ride out storms as leaders, we'll watch anarchy in the boat. We'll be hitting each other in the head with the oars. Or at least throwing someone overboard because they got sin in their life. But we need to know how to stay united in the boat and know it doesn't matter. He has a kingdom in the earth and his church is going to the other side. We, we are going to make it. Come on. We are going to see Jesus in the midst of the storm. We're not going to be leaders who shout out, we learn from the word of God. We're not going to see a ghost. We're going to see a revelation. And even if we get out of the boat, three little words, Lord, save me, will get us back where we need to be. God is good. Yes, he is. He's a great God. For the storm has raged against you indeed. And the power of the storm has almost destroyed, you see. You have fought for your faith and cried out unto me. Lord, I don't know if I'll ever be free. For it batters on this side and batters on that. It looks like destruction. Oh God, do you see? 
And this day I come to you, O daughter of mine indeed, and say with the eyes of my compassion, I do see. For I will strengthen you in this hour indeed, that you will stand up with the grace and the strength of God, you see. You will speak to the storm and you will believe that I'm going to the other side and that by His grace I am free. For there are those who are looking at your life indeed, saying, I wonder if this blow will bring her down to her knees. But I tell you, this blow will cause you to surrender to me. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world indeed. So rejoice this day. Take courage indeed. For my eye is upon the boat, you see. And I grant to you a faith indeed that you will rise up and say, soul and heart and mind peace be still in me for I will take you where I promised indeed for God is at work and you will live to see (laughs) hallelujah glory glory to God boy I received that for myself (laughs) glory God is good. But there are men who have flattered you with their lips indeed. But when it really came to their heart to be committed, you see, they turned their back and walked away indeed. But not the Lord God that rules over thee. For I tell you with flattering lips to get out of thee what they saw, you see. They said famous words that rang in the corridors indeed. But I tell you this day I speak over thee. And it is not flattering words that I form you see. But I tell you release your life unto me. For it is greater the vision that I want to do in thee. For long ago I spoke into your heart indeed. Liberate my people to worship and praise me. Liberate them that they may know triumph indeed. Liberate them on the battlefield that they may wave my banner and see. Liberate them that they might know I'm the Lord God indeed. And I tell you men have tried to conform the ministry and block you on one side and the other indeed. But I am coming in your latter years to breathe upon you even as I breathed upon Sarah indeed to give birth to the vision and that you might see that I'm not through with your daughter. I'm not through with you, you see, for I command you by my spirit to liberate the people that they might worship me. Great insight is about to come to thee that the weapons of warfare are not carnal indeed, but they are mighty to the tearing down of the stronghold, you see. Come again unto me and let me instruct you in another level of worship and praise before me that you might liberate the camp and they might see that God is a man of battle indeed. His name is the Lord of hosts, you see. And you will lead an army into battle for me. For it's not by might nor power, you see, but by my spirit I speak to thee. Rise up, O daughter of Zion, indeed. Like Deborah, take the tambourine and shout the victory. For you are called by me to raise up an army against the enemy. 
Hallelujah. Glory. <laughs> Thank you. I'm feeling that one. I know some of you are sitting out there as leaders. And periodically I sit out there. And I say to myself, but God, you know my weaknesses. But God, you know my failures. But God, you know the things that are still not upright in me. You know where I am. You know who I am. And I want to encourage you as Betsy comes to pray over us. The next time you think that you're not God's choice, would you just remember the Bible? Noah was a drunk, but God chose him. Abraham was too old, but God chose him. Isaac was a daydreamer, but God chose him. Jacob was a liar, but God chose him. Leah was ugly, but God chose her. Joseph was abusive, but God chose him. Moses had a stuttering problem, but God chose him. Gideon was afraid, but God chose him. Samson had long hair and was a womanizer, but God chose him. Rahab was a prostitute, but God chose her. Jeremiah and Timothy were too young, but God chose them. David had an affair and was a murderer, but God chose him. Elijah was suicidal, but God chose him. Isaiah preached naked. But God chose him. Jonah ran from God. But God chose him. Naomi was a widow. But God chose her. Job went bankrupt. But God chose him. Peter denied Christ. But God chose him. The disciples fell asleep at the prayer meeting. But God chose them. Martha worried about everything. But God chose her. Mary Magdalene was a whore, but God chose her. The Samsonite, the Samaritan woman was divorced and married more than once, but God chose her. Zacchaeus was too small, but God chose him. Paul was too religious, but God chose him. Timothy had an ulcer, but God chose him. Lazarus was dead, but God chose him. So as we look at the close of this thing, he does not call us because he sees what we are. He calls us because he knows what he can make us. And would you just repeat after me, I thank God that he chose me as a leader to represent his holy word, to conform his people into a mighty army that will know, know. our God God triumphs triumphs over over all.
Can you hug somebody?